<clears throat> Good morning. Good morning. My name is uh, David Greenhaw, and I'm an ordained minister of the United Church of Christ, and I serve here as the interim senior minister, uh, and I am really happy to be here, and I'm really happy to have you here, and I'm really happy to have you here. So we've just got everybody together, and it turns out I'm really happy to have Angela here today, too. So welcome back, welcome Angela. Welcome back. Thank you. Um, Angela didn't really go to a far country. She uh, was uh, on vacation, so right. or watching children in another location. That's right. uh -huh. But it's good to be back. And for those of you who don't know who I am, I'm Reverend Angela Wells Bean, and I'm your minister for congregational care. I was out on vacation, and I'm glad to be back with you. That's sometimes the best part of going away is appreciating coming back. Yeah, so. yeah, um, whether you are online or here in the person, we are so glad to have you with us. Uh, extra special welcome to the folks who are gathered at Bentley Village who are worshiping with us this morning. We are also glad to have you. And, and if you'll uh, take the blue, uh, if you're here, if you'll take the uh, blue, um, what do you call it? Attendance pad. Attendance pad, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, register your attendance, pass it down the aisle, that would be great. And if you're uh, with us online, if you'll do that in a similar fashion in the chat line um, to register your attendance with us. So. And for those folks who are online, you will see right there in that chat box, there is a link you can click on that will open up our church bulletin in a PDF so that you can follow along if you'd like to in the service order. And one quick announcement for everybody, a little bit of a change in today's service, is that during the offertory, when the ushers are uh, passing the plates through the pews, you'll also be invited to participate in singing during the offertory today, which is a change. And so pay attention. The words are in your bulletin and pay attention to Reverend Honorable Dr. Becky, who will also cue you. <laughs> so one of the things I really like about this sanctuary is the use of light. Uh, there is light coming in over here and there is light coming in from above. And it's wonderful to have that light. It turns out in every home or place that I've ever owned, wherever I have light coming in, I also have rain that is trying as hard as it can to get in. And it turns out that that's true in Florida as well, but more so because, goodness, there's a lot of rain here these days. And it keeps trying to come in there. And it has succeeded, and we have fought it, and it has succeeded, and we have fought it. But I have good news. Due to the good work of the trustees, with the uh, especially good work of Jack Baker, we have been successful, we really think so, of sealing uh, and fixing a flaw in the way it's done, and we're dry. So. <laughs> We won't give an inventory of all the things the trustee do, uh, get done, but this is a good one. So one thing that we did in this transition, when I came here, we were just figuring out where does the minister stand and what does he do, and we had the checklist of things, and it turned out that at the end of the school year, we had a high school graduate, and we didn't acknowledge her. So better late than never, we're so glad to take a moment and acknowledge uh, Tiffany Liu, who graduated from high school and has plans to go to college. Tiffany, can you come forward? Uh, 
Tiffany, we're very proud of you. And as you may not know, or you may know, Tiffany has been a member of the choir and has participated in uh, music programs for a long time. And somebody who's really into music here wanted to make sure we acknowledge your graduation especially. Uh, Becky, would you come forward? I loved you a lot, so I got you a lot. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> congratulations. Thank you. And now, let us uh, center our hearts and minds for the worship of God. The unjust and the wicked, the weak and the orphaned, we are tempted to judge but we are called to love. Our commandment is to love one another, even and especially those who are hard for us to love. And so with this calling on our hearts, let us worship God by joining together and standing in body or spirit as we sing our opening hymn, which you'll find printed in your bulletins. Let us pray together. We thank you, living God, that in Jesus Christ you have built a house not made with hands, a people among whom you live. We thank you that you have called us and that we belong to you. We come now longing to know the touch of your spirit that we may be encouraged to serve you in the world. Come to us that we recognize you and sing your praise through the grace of Jesus Christ. Amen. I invite you to be in a spirit of prayer with me as I offer this morning's pastoral prayer. So let us pray together. Omnipotent God, we come to you in prayer this morning trying to have the humility of a servant and with the questions of a psalmist. We too wonder how long good things will keep happening to bad people. Why do you show partiality to the wicked while good people suffer? Why, O oh God, do the weak and powerless ones go neglected or worse yet get punished while the ones with power are not held accountable? We shake our fists in frustration and dismay and then we pause and we remember to look within. Who is neglecting the weak ones? Who is enabling the powerful ones? It is us. Our society, our world, we have set ourselves up in such a way that rich and poor play by different rules and we lament our unjust systems. Holy and gracious God, help us to do better. We are ready to stand alongside you, alongside those who struggle for their daily bread. And we thank you. We thank you for the blessing of the ability and the resources and the power to do better. And we commit to doing our part to turning the world upside down as Christ taught us for the sake of the least of these and for all of us because we know that when one of us suffers, we all suffer because we are interconnected and nobody is free until all are free. 
We ask you to partner with us to help make it so, for we know that that is your will on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, almighty God, for all the blessings in our lives. Abide with us in all the struggles that we share and strengthen us for the journey ahead as we pray together the prayer that your son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This morning, scripture comes from Psalm 82. No, it is Psalm 82, the whole psalm. It's a short one, but I would like you to uh, open your bulletin and read along so you can catch the movement of the psalm today or look along in the bulletin if you're uh, watching from home. Um, and I'll read, but you listen carefully. It's it's, it's a psalm filled with action. Uh, hard to say, but it really is. So listen. God presides in the divine assembly and pronounces judgment among the gods. How long will you defend the unjust and show partiality to the corrupt? Defend the lowly and the orphan. Render justice to the oppressed and the destitute. Rescue the weak and the poor and save them from the hand of violence. But you know nothing and understand nothing. You walk in darkness and the foundations of the earth are shaking because of your ignorance. I said, you are gods, but you will die as any mortal and fall like any ruler. Rise up, O God, and bring justice to the earth for all of the nations are your possessions. Don't speed. It's against the law, and you can see it everywhere. They put those signs up for a reason. 65, 55, 45, 40, 20 in a school zone. Don't speed. I'll come back to that. Remember it. So uh, in our household, we're Cardinal fans. Th that isn't that we like birds. We do. But it's the baseball Cardinals. And my children love the baseball Cardinals. They, they love, uh, they love the, the, all of the players, and they know them by name, and they get attached to them. And when they move to another team, they feel like they've been... They were traitors, you know. But then somebody like Albert Pujols comes back and they're excited. They, they love Yadier Molina who can stand and catch a ball like no one else and without even getting up, he can fire it to second base and put out somebody trying to make a steal. 
my kids on our household, we like the Cardinals. But it turns out, uh, Lee, not so much. Uh, it's not that she doesn't like the Cardinals, but uh, Lee's a law professor. And our breakfast and lunch and dinner table conversations, because she's a constitutional law professor, we deal with the Supreme Court a lot. And in fact, my kids, oddly enough, know the na names of the nine members of the Supreme Court as well as the nine starting members of the Cardinals. Now, what kind of weird family is that? <laughs> and one day, uh, a long time ago, maybe 25, 30 years ago, Lee and I had an opportunity to go to the Supreme Court and hear an oral argument. We got in line in front of the court, and as we, as we went in, we took our seat in the in the pews, really, in the seats that are in the courtroom, we went to hear the case of the Church of Lukimi Babaluai versus the city of Hialeah, Florida. Say that three times. <laughs> the Church of Lukimi Babaluai versus the city of Hialeah, Florida. When we got there, first of all, I was surprised at how small it was. It's not really, it's no bigger than this sanctuary, even smaller, I think. And there's a a set of curtains, and at some point, the bailiff or whoever it is who starts it says, oys, 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 and the, and the court starts, and then the nine justices kind of slip out from the court, and they all sit on that big bench up in the front. It's a, it's a sight to be seen. And, and of course, knowing all their names, I, you know, I knew that was Rehnquist, and I knew that was O'Connor, and I, you know, so we knew all those uh, justices there. It was, it was extraordinary. It was a courtroom like I'd never seen before, big and impressive and important. This psalm is a courtroom drama. The psalm that we just read that I had you read along, it's a, it's a courtroom drama, and I, I think of it now when I read it like the Supreme Court. God comes and sits in the divine council. There they are, the the Supreme Court's not a divine council, by the way. But uh, God comes, and among all the gods, there's God, takes God's place. God sits down among all the others and stands in judgment. So it's a courtroom scene, and that's how the psalm begins. And then they, uh, a charge is brought. You've got to have a charge. It's a, it's a trial. So what's the charge? Don't speed. They were speeding. No, no, that's not it. Uh, they broke a law. What was that law? The law was, and here's what it says. It says, defend the lowly and the orphan, render justice to the oppressed and the destitute. That's the law. Defend the lowly and the orphan, render justice to the oppressed and the destitute, rescue the weak and the poor, and save them from the hand of violence. That's the statute. It's right there in your bulletin. It's right there in the psalm. They, God comes into the courtroom, sets down among all the other gods, hears the, the rule, the law, and says, what's the charge? They have not treated the weak and the lowly well, and they have shown partiality to the wicked. Evidence is presented in the psalm, and a judgment is made. They have broken the law, and they think that they are gods. I want you to notice in your bulletin in the psalm that they are judged not to be gods with a big G, but gods with a little g. Just a, 
gods. These gods. These gods who are really nothing mortal, nothing more than mortals who puff themselves up, nothing more than pretenders, nothing more than fake gods, false gods, gods who lead us in ways that we should not go, gods that take us to places we should not go, gods that allow the weak and the orphaned and the destitute to go harmed and hurt. It turns out that in the Psalms, in the Bible generally, the assertion that there's only one God is, is not really the case. There are many gods. There are many ways of understanding God. There are many ways of proceeding through life and thinking that you're doing the right thing, but you're really not. And the way to know is to look and see what happens to the orphans, to the weak, to the destitute. Are they being harmed? Are they being overlooked? Are they not getting justice? Are they being mistreated? If they are, then we're following the wrong thing. There's a group of this church that's going to go to Guatemala this year. And several years ago, there were some pastors and theologians in Guatemala who looked out and saw that the people were starving to death, that children were having a terrible time. They were weak and needy and orphaned and in trouble. And this group of pastors got together and started to study, and they said, you know, something's wrong here. We're following the wrong God. If we participate with a God like this, it will keep us down. We need to think again. We need to pray again. We need to hope again for a God who cares about what happens to us. And one of the ways that we follow that God is a group of you, a delegation, will go to Guatemala and will roll up their sleeves and do all they can for that short time in that small way to stand in solidarity with the God who reaches out and cares for the poor and the needy and the orphaned and the destitute. So in some way, it's easy for us to think, well, God takes care of that. But I want to warn you about something if you've not been thinking about it, if you've not noticed it, I bet you have that every one of us in some way or another have seasons of weakness. I remember for myself, uh, when it hit me like a ton of bricks, I blew a disc in my back and I couldn't tie my own shoe. I couldn't reach down and tie my shoe. I, I, I couldn't tie my own shoe. And I'm, I was young then. And, I was bereft, destitute, barely destitute. I had a wife and a doctor and a surgeon and a way to fix it. But for that brief moment, I knew what so many of us learn some point in our life, that we cannot be in charge completely. And here's the really good news. Israel, Israel will have nothing to do with gods who don't care for the weak and the orphaned, and the destitute, whoever they might be. Jesus will have nothing to do with any of those gods who are just like rulers who come and go. 
Jesus will have nothing to do with that because the God of Israel and the God of Jesus, the God of Naples United Church of Christ is a God who is for those who are orphaned and destitute and lack justice. That is the God we worship. That is the God we are called to respond to. That is the God that is our God. The very last part of the courtroom scene, the verdict's been done, the sentence is gone, you're going to die, you gods. But the whole assembly says this, rise up, O God. Oh, may it be so, O God, that you will rise up and help us help the weak and the orphaned and the destitute. Rise up, O oh God. Rise up. Amen. Don't speed. Watch the speed limit. But also, and way more importantly, listen to this law of God. Defend the lowly and the orphaned. Render justice to the oppressed and the destitute. Rescue the weak and the poor and save them from the hand of violence. Sisters, go forth in power and in peace. Brothers, go forth in power and in peace. Go forth in the sure and certain knowledge that God, who is the creator of the ends of the earth, has taken God's place in the holy sanctuary. Amen.